go. Love it, love it, love it. Come on, come on. Hey, who's ready for the word this morning? I got to go right side, left side, right side. Are you ready for the word this morning? All right, all right. Center side, are we ready for the word today? Ooh, center's got some juice. Come on, left, you ready for the word today? You got Cal on your team, so it gets juiced up, man. When Cal's on your team, it's like crazy. Like, listen, and I just had to get you guys cheering in the beginning of this because I want you as loud at the end of this message. We've got a word for you today, like truly, man. Come on, I want you to hear this. This is one of those words that may appear as a little heavier, but it's just God's word. It's truth. Um, we are going to be dealing with some things today that uh, I wish that every church and every believer would deal with it, but we are going to deal with it. We're not shy away from it. If, if you've been in Believer's Chapel any time at all, you know um, we just love Jesus and we love the Bible. We love the truth and we stand firm on his word, unashamed and bold uh, as a lion. And today we're going to look at some of the things that are, are going on in our nation and some of the things that you and I are, are commissioned to come against. And I don't want you to miss this today. I don't want you to check out. I am grateful for a church who brings their Bibles. I love a church who brings their Bibles. I love that we are filled with a church that has every age demographic. We are pumped about that. We're pumped that college is back in. We have a, a great, a great group for college that are here. High school is here. Um, and and I think I think us, I think we're in a generation that needs desperately needs a generation that understands salt and light and our commission and our call to be salt and light. And today's message is the close to the series on do hard things. And the close to the series on do hard things is sometimes you have to do the hard thing to stand for what is right and not participate in sinful actions and not participate or affirm those who uh, are walking in a specific lifestyle. And I think that can be a hard thing because Jesus, who is our king, give it, gave us a commission that says you are salt and you are light. You are. There's not, there's not like, uh, th there shouldn't be a debate on that. There shouldn't be like a gray area in that you are the salt of the earth. When there is wickedness just running amok and when there is just unrighteousness, ungodliness, and then when that is truly forced upon you, where is it that you are salt and you are light? And today we are going to take a look at just a very real issue of our nation right now. And it's state to state. But it seems like more of the bookends, like California and New York, they want to lead the charge in the um, LGBTQ+. And I've never really done a full message on one of those letters. And I call it the alphabet plus um, because the plus, don't miss this, the plus means uh, anything they want it to mean. And that's where this becomes so dangerous. Because when you think alphabet plus or LGBTQ plus, when you think in the terms of plus, um, and I think they've actually added some more even from then. I, I'm not even sure what those ones actually mean. But the plus means whatever we want to come next is coming next, and you're going to have to accept it. Um, and all week, I pray every week for grace to preach, but this week I've had other people on my prayer team just praying for me to be able to communicate with an abundance of grace. Church, I know, I want you to know this, man. I know the, the, the privilege 
and the responsibility to stand in this, in this place, on this stage, to bring you the holy word every week. I know that. And in that, I can't shy away from what some would say are difficult conversations or difficult talks or hard preaching, which I, I personally don't find this difficult or hard at all. I just think it's simple. And I think we have, have crossed over into just fantasy land, man. I think if you look at the things that are going on in this nation today, you're looking at going, what the heck is going on? Like, how did we get so crazy so quick? How did we enter into the land of delusion so fast? Like, it's been rapid decline. So for us to stand for truth is not, it's not hard. But I know my responsibility, and I pray that I stand in this pulpit strong, bold, but filled with grace and filled with love. Because as you speak on today's, the big meat of today's message has to do with um, this transgender movement. And, and, and man, when you start looking at what has been forced upon people in a nation that is supposed to be a free nation and is supposed to live by a constitution of freedom of speech that shouldn't ever be used as hate speech, shouldn't ever be used as um, harassing or, but it's, it's not as if I disagree with you, that doesn't mean hate speech. That, that has been so confusing and it's been such a rapid decline. And I, and I want you to know, man, as we, as we look through this together as a church and we dive into this and we're going to spend some time on this today, um, we've got to see God's point of view. And man, right off the bat, I want, us to, I want us to kind of clear our mindset that this is a political issue. You've heard me speak on this. If you're part of BC, um, you expect our stance on this. You expect us to say, hey, we believe that LGBTQ plus is a sinful lifestyle. We believe that God has a purpose and a plan for them, and God loves them as much as all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Our number one commission is to lead people to Christ, to go make disciples of all nations. Like We want people to know and love Jesus. We want people to return from their sins so they can come before a holy God and be loved by the God of love who sent his son to die on the cross. This is our purpose. And in that, you have to, at times, have this stance against wickedness and wrong that is now coming after children and now integrated in policies and now integrated in every area of life. And it seems like it's being very, very aggressively forced on us in a free country. And by the way, other countries don't deal with it uh, at such a level. Not all countries, I should say, deal with this. Some countries who are not even Bible countries say, no, you're not bringing that into our country um, because we see the downfall of the LGBTQ+. And today, we're going to deal more with just this, this transgender issue that is a very real, growing issue. And I want us to remove from our mindset that this is a political issue. Because the thing is, if you think it's a political issue, then you think the answer are the politicians. I don't think they've ever answered anything right in a very long time, to be honest with you, Republican or Democrat. I think they're all, not all, most, they, they don't really understand or stand on a biblical conviction. And those in office who are Republican that have become jellyfish and weak and just allowed all of this, shame on them as well. There are, there are many and there are several who stand firm, who do love Jesus, who stand firm on truth, and they're fighting like mad for, for, for biblical conviction, and I love that. But if we, listen, man, if we think that this is a political issue, then we're going we're gonna to hand it over to the politicians to fix it. 
But watch this. Now, when you see that this is a spiritual issue, and you see that this is the darkness of Satan that just hates mankind, and he hates what God has created, and he hates children. He hates, like he, he lives to devour. That's what he does. He lives to destroy. And when you begin to see that this is a spiritual battle, then you handle it spiritually. If it's a political battle, you think the politicians are going to handle And listen, I'm a big fan of voting right, right? You better vote Bible. Who is the best candidate that represents the Bible? We have lost sight of marriage. Marriage, according to God, is man and woman. Anything outside of that is not marriage. Uh, country does not have the right to redefine something that God has defined clearly. Life is within the womb. We believe that life is, is a gift from God, that husband and wife come together. Amazing seed is planted as God's creation. Life begins in the womb. We believe that with everything in us, anything outside of that. If you're taking that life in a womb, I believe that you're taking a valid life, and you're going to answer to God for that. And then it comes to this, this transgender movement and this LGBTQ+, in a sense of the, the alphabet plus, in a sense of, of them being very aggressive and forceful now, that you have to follow their rules, regardless of your biblical conviction. And you're just, I mean, you're just looking at this going, okay, if, I, if, I, if I'm not defining this as political and I'm a born-again believer in Christ and I absolutely believe the word of God, then I have to, I have to define this as spiritual, that this is the enemy's attack. And church, what is it when you see that, like, the enemy wants you to play in his sandbox? I call it Satan's sandbox. And, and when Satan, through, through policy and procedure, and it, it is Satan who, who, who demands that you play in his sandbox, what happens when you're like, no, I'm not playing in your sandbox because your sandbox is poisonous? And I call it that. Like, what happens when we look at this and say, no, this is the opposite of God's creation? So when, when, you, when you see this, it's like, okay, um, how, how, how do we handle this? Like, like, how do we come against this? Like, when you really understand that God, Jesus Christ has commissioned us to be salt and to be light, then we'll cover that, we'll look at that. But I need to really lay a foundation first of the reality check of what is taking place in this nation. And man, I've talked to so many of you whether it is a, now a department policy or it's a work policy or you're on a board somewhere or, and you know that this is just, this is front and it is center. And if we walk in deception and think that this is going anywhere, no, I don't, I don't believe it's going anywhere because the Bible says evil men go from worse to worse. Wickedness just grows. And church, I want us to really begin to see the reality of, okay, if, if this is something that I really believe is a plan of the enemy, and I really believe that this is spiritual, then you know what Jesus Christ has done? He's left it on us to deal with the wickedness of today. Like he's called you and me to get in the way of it. Salt, if it loses its purpose, is useless. But Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You know what salt does? It preserves it's supposed to stop decay. It's supposed to stop corruption. And then he says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Do you know that a light can't hide? So if, if the answer from Jesus, who is our king, if the answer is you and me as disciples and followers of Christ, then what is the answer? 
Sean, what am I supposed to do? If it's now a policy, Sean, if it's now a board thing, Sean, if it's just forced in me, and like we're going to go through a lot of things, a lot of information today. Today's a, a, some, some really a lot of information, but I want, I want you to see, okay, yeah, this thing's growing, but I can't participate in this. I can't be a player in Satan's sandbox because I have a holy, healthy fear of God, and I believe that this is just simply mocking God. Like when you really see how crazy it is right now, I really believe that this whole movement, I believe the whole movement, again, please hear me, this isn't anti-people. We are not a church that's against people. As much as people are against church, right, as much as there are those who hate Christians, who hate, the, they will hate anyone who disagrees with them, they're the ones who hate, come against, do the whole hate mail, do the whole can, cancel, cancel culture, do the whole destroy your life because you don't, because you don't agree with me. No, that's, that's hateful and that's wrong. No, we're a church who wants to handle things with grace and with love, um, but yet standing firm on the word of God, saying, no, I'm not going to participate in your sinful sandbox. So what are we supposed to do, right? So we're going to go through this today, and we're going to kind of open some things up and, and talk about some things and look at some things and just kind of see where is this nation today. And church, it's just like this is... Like, there's more and more that come out, and I don't know about you, but when I see different things come out, I'm like... Man, this is crazy. How do they even get away with this? This is nuts that they are demanding that I play and participate in their sinful activity. If I don't, I'm liable for lawsuit. I'm liable for, for termination. I'm liable. And like, like people are living in that world right now. It's crazy. But that doesn't negate anything that our king has commissioned us to be salt and light. And to understand what this really looks like. So come and let's pray. Father, I thank you for the day. I thank you for this hour. I thank you for an opportunity to get into your word. God, speak to us from your word. God, I pray that our eyes are even open. Maybe there are those who are here this morning. Maybe there are those who, who are online and watching this. Maybe there are those who are listening on the radio. That God, they hear this. And maybe, God, maybe they're dealing with this right now. Maybe they're dealing with a same-sex attraction. Maybe they are bought into a, a true deception and a true lie of this transgender movement. And God, I'm asking that you would begin to turn their hearts. But God, I'm asking that you would begin to turn our hearts to see what is our responsibility in this. We are not held without responsibility in this. God, we would be held accountable to our action to this. So God, I ask that you would move on every heart that hears this. In Jesus' name, come on, amen. My question is this, if, you, if people know that you're a born-again believer and they know that you are a follower and disciple of Christ, why would they be surprised if you come against this movement? Should they be surprised? I can't believe that you disagree with that. No, man, you've known that I'm a born-again believer. You know that I'm a Christian. I stand on his holy word. Why are you even surprised that I disagree with this? Like, there shouldn't be that surprise if people really know your stance on truth. Like, if you've been in BC long, you know our stance on this. You know where we lie. You know that we are firm in truth. And you know exactly our opinion on, the, on our, our biblical conviction. Let me say that. Not my opinion. It's the biblical conviction that this church carries to be unashamed of the gospel and unashamed of the truth. And to stand on the simplicity of Genesis 127. 
This is where we begin the journey. Come on, if you could put up Genesis 127. I want you to see this because this is how it's always been. This is how it is now. And this is how it's always going to be. And man can't change this. This is a God-created order, right? When you really see it from, from the start of evolution, like when people started pushing evolution, when people started teaching evolution, again, that's not politics. That, that's not curriculum. That's Satan doing everything he possibly can do to get mankind to question creation. This is how real this is. If you can question creation, you can do whatever you want. Then there is no creator. Then there is absolutely no right and wrong. Who's the one who says there's right and wrong? Who's the one who gave the conscience? Like, if you can remove God as creator and you can remove creation, it is truly anything goes. And Satan is doing everything he possibly can from an elementary level all the way up to a triple doctorate level of teaching there is no creator. And that way they can get away with anything they want to and they forget that there still will always be judgment in the end. Always. This is simple. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and female and he created them. Read it again. God created male in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female, and he created him. Church, there is man and there is woman. This is a heterosexual book. There is mother, there is father. There is brother, there is sister. There is son, there is daughter. Like when you go all through scripture, it's male and it's female. That is all. That, that is all. When Satan wants to come in and bring deep confusion to that, 1 Corinthians 14, says, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Transgenderism is the depth of confusion. I am a man, and I have man parts, and God has created me as a, a man, but man, I am confused in that, and I want to be a woman. Well, you can be confused and want to be anything you want to. People want to be a fish. People want to be a cat. People want to be a dog. And we're actually following through with thinking that's okay to affirm them as an animal. Ah! Like, when you begin to see the depth of how dark this goes, you're like, how did we get here? And they actually want you to affirm that they're a cat. I can't play in your sandbox. I'm not going to affirm your delusions. I'm not going to fantasy land with you. I'm not. Because I know this. That on day six, God said, there's man and there's woman. Anything outside of that is confusion. And anything outside of that is the enemy trying to pervert that which God created. <clears throat> and when you see it this way, it demands a spiritual response. It's not political. Satan uses politics. He uses politicians. He uses their policies. But we're not fighting against flesh and blood. This isn't anti-people. I want those truly, man, praying for those who struggle with this or maybe even on a fence today, knowing the confusion within, knowing, man, I know God didn't create me this way, but I'm struggling with this. And we want them not to bite into that lie, but to turn to Christ and live. See, when you see the very beginning of this thing, you begin to realize, wait a minute, this isn't politics, and I'm not looking for politicians to fix this. I'm looking to God and what he has created. And you know, it's amazing because God in his ultimate plan says, Sean, it's up to the church. 
to deal with the wickedness of its day. My question is, how are we doing? Like right, right off the bat, we're looking at this going, man, when this thing, not if, when this thing comes towards you. And today is an encouragement to say, what is your pregame? Like, what, think through this and say, what will my response be that first comes from a holy, healthy fear of God first? I have to respond to this based off of a reverence of God. As a child of God, as a disciple of God, as a follower of Christ, a disciple of Christ, I have to respond to this with him in mind first. What's my response going to be? So my encouragement today is I don't have your answer. I know what my answer is. And I've, I, I love this because I've had many people who serve on boards. I've had many people who serve in different institutions. They've given me their response or they've already gone to that institution and say, listen, I, I, can't, I can't follow through with this. I need a different plan because my biblical conviction says this and I can't do this. So what does this mean? Like we've had people make amazing strong stances against different policies that will just crush biblical conviction. So we want to go through some things here and realize this. And, and if you could put up Proverbs 13, 25, I want you to see this because when you realize that sin is hungry, and that means personally in our own lives, sin is hungry. When you realize sin has an appetite and in that appetite, it's never going to be satisfied, which means it's always wants more. It's always, it's an endless pit, Right. The righteous has enough to satisfy his appetite, but the stomach of the wicked is in need. The stomach of the wicked, it will never satisfy its appetite. It's hungry, and it wants to keep feeding, and it wants to keep feeding, and it wants to keep feeding. Evil men go from worse to worse. Evil men go from worse to worse. Listen, church, when you realize, okay, this is, seems to be on a, on a downhill slide, like what is happening? Well, where's the church? If we're waiting for politicians to get in the way of this thing, that's not the answer. That's not the answer Jesus gave. Jesus has called us to be the answer to decay of a society. And listen, when you realize I'm not battling against flesh and blood, this isn't us against them. That's not it. We're fighting against demonic, and we're fighting against the authority of the demonic authority because we realize that Satan is the God of this world. Our God, God Almighty, Creator God, uh, He is the God over all, but for a season of time... Satan is the God of this world, which means he has influence here. This is where we need to get this. Please hear me. When you understand Satan has a deep influence here, but then Jesus Christ says, guess what? I've also left the church to have a greater influence. When he says you're salt and you're light, that means your influence. What are you doing with your influence to stop such a decay? Can you put up those verses on Satan, please? I just want to remind you, church, that this is his land, right? That 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, that Satan is the God of this world. John 12.31, he's the ruler of this world. Ruler means prince, speaking of his dominion. Ephesians 2.2, 2, he is the prince and power of the air. 1 Peter 5.8, he just seeks people to devour. Like he wants to destroy lives. He hates God. He hates those created in his image. And Satan will do everything possible to, to truly just pervert all that God has created and God's greatest creation of mankind, can we see how much perversion the enemy has come in to try to destroy that which God created in his own image that is male and female? And Satan has come in to pervert that, bring great confusion to that, to try to devour that and try to destroy that. And nothing has ever changed. It is still the same. God created man 
and woman, and that's it. But then you begin to see this serious fight for today. You begin to see where, how, how crazy and how loose this has become. And I'm a fan of Mr. Charlie Kirk. He oversees and runs Turning Point USA. Um, I listen to him on the regular, um, not every day, but regularly I listen to him, his podcasts, his videos. He is a true lover of Christ. He is a lover of the word of God. He stands firm on the word. And he, he's got great information, great interviews, and he comes against this. But he, is, he has given us this, this progression uh, of, of this wickedness, right? He has given us this progression of this wickedness. And I want to kind of go over what he says, and, and I want you to see this progression. If you could put that up there, please. These are four things. Um, and, and I want you to, to see, again, this is from Charlie Kirk, um, and I want you to see this. Number one is, is the, 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 the wickedness or uh, alphabet plus, now specifically, specifically even stronger in this transgender movement. At first, it was just, we just want you to tolerate us. Years ago, it was, you will live on our side. You live on your side. You don't judge us. We don't judge you. Just leave us alone, and we'll be fine. You remember years ago, it was cross-dressing. That's what it was called. Uh, transsexual, that's what it was called. And it was like, ah, you, okay, you do that. Well, you're on that side of the street. I'm walking on this side of the street, and I'm just, I don't want really anything to do with you. You, you do you, and stay over there. Um, I'm still saying that it's not right. God is the ultimate judge. I'm not judging you. Good luck. And you just kind of move on. That's, that's what they wanted at first. And then, and then it progressed to, no, I just don't want you to tolerate me. I need you to accept my lifestyle. I need you to accept me as I am. Like, oh, I'm not really there. I'm not going to really accept you. I'm back to the tolerating. Like, you do you, I'll do me, and we'll be good. And then, and then it, that wasn't enough. They pushed to, no, no, we need you to celebrate us. My lifestyle, my choices, LGBTQ, I need you to celebrate. My, no, but I'm standing on a biblical conviction. I can't, I can't celebrate you. I, I can't affirm you. I can't say that it's okay. And when there was pushback about celebrating, no, we want you to march in our parade. We want you to hang our flags. We need you to wear our colors. We need you to, no, we want, we want to be celebrated. And then that wasn't enough. It was, you know what, and this is where we're currently at. No, we need you to participate. No, we need you to, we need you to participate. We need you to play in our sandbox. No, no, you are going to call me by my pronoun. No, that's a delusion. You bought into a lie. You are a man. You are not a woman. No, yo, you, you, you are going to let me play in female sports. Nah, you don't, I don't want you to participate in female sport. Like, when, when you see the danger of that and the craziness of that, no, no, I, I, don't, I don't want you to participate in female sports. No, you are going to allow me to use your restroom. You, you will, you are demanded to participate where I am as a man. I'm going into the woman's locker room and I am going to shower with women and there is nothing you can do about it because I am demanding that you play in my sandbox. You're like, what is happening right now? You're like, this is so wrong. Like, what is going on that these perverted men who are men are going in at an elementary school? Like, there's no age limit to this. 
This could happen in elementary school. This is happening in high schools. This is happening in sports, in college, where dudes are going in and using the female facilities, showering with them and changing with them and going to bathroom with them, which is disgusting, nasty, and shameful. And we are forced to participate in this. And you're like, what is going on? Uh, now we go as far as, well, we'll give you your own bathroom. Well, that's not good enough because I feel like you're putting the spotlight on me and I feel like you're calling me out. You're a dude in a dress, bro. The spotlight was on you. Like, what are you talking about? No, seriously. Like, you're all concerned that everyone's watching you. You're a dude in makeup and on a dress and, and you were like, you brought the attention on yourself, but it's never good enough. And church, what happens when you see in Proverbs that there is a very real battle between wickedness and righteousness? I love Proverbs. Can we go through those, please? I want you to put up Proverbs 13, 5. I'll hit these quickly because I want you to see it. We've got to get to Matthew 5. A righteous man hates falseness, falsehood, but a wicked man acts disgustingly and shamefully. You've seen their celebrations, you've seen the parades, you've seen what they are demanding, you've seen men in, in want to go in to women. It's just disgusting when you hear the reports of women in bathrooms and these dudes come in and force. It's just, it's disgusting and it's shameful, right? Proverbs 13, 5. A righteous man hates falsehood. Do we hate this? This is, and I'm not talking people, I'm talking about the deception. Please hear me. This ain't a war against people. This is a war against, now it's more war against policy and it's a war against a spiritual battle, right? It's a war against that which is the demonic trying to pervert that which God created, right? I want you to see uh, John 12, 31. It's very, very similar. It says this. John 12, 31 is right there. No, it's Proverbs 14. Well, we'll stick with that. A righteous exalts a nation. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Uh, that's where we're at in a nation. We started off as a righteous nation, have allowed sin just to come in in all areas, and it just brings a disgrace upon the people. I'm sorry, not John 12, 31. That's my bad. Um, I was going through the top list. Uh, Proverbs 17, 15. My bad. Proverbs 17, 15. He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the righteous, both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. I want you to hang on this one for a minute. Those who justifies the wicked. No, you're going to participate. You are going to celebrate. You're going to take part in, in my delusion. You're going to take part. No, you're going to actually play in my sandbox. And, I, and it's just, it's Satan's sandbox. And the sand is poisonous. But yet they're demanding that you participate in their sandbox. He who justifies the wicked. These are the ones who, who, who are justifying. These are the ones who are okaying that which God called wicked. And you're okaying it. You're calling it innocent. You're justifying it. But at the same time, for those of us who want to walk righteous for the sake of righteousness, for the sake of calling right, right, and wrong, wrong, for those who do believe in divine approval from God because it's what God says is right, for us to stand on that, uh, you're, you're condemning us. You're coming against us. So it's the one who justifies the wicked. No, it's fine. We need to celebrate them. We need to participate with them. It's okay. And at the same time, those who condemn us, both of them are abomination to the Lord. Church, we've got to really get into this and really begin to rethink this and look at this and going, man, what, what is my thoughts on this? Where is my biblical conviction on this? And again, it's not going anywhere. 
it's getting worse. This is going to affect you. This is going to affect your children. This is going to affect your grandchildren. This is being pushed at an elementary level. We need to get some understanding on this thing. Come on, Proverbs 21.10. And we got to get where the soul of the wicked desires evil. I just want you to hear that. The soul of the wicked, they desire evil. They live for it. They desire it. They push for it. And this is what's inside of them, and this is what they're made of. So when, when we're trying to look at this and we realize, okay, this is a spiritual battle and there's a very real fight against that which is right and that which is wrong for those who will stand for the sake of righteousness and for those who will push the things of wickedness. There's a fight for this and we're seeing that. And I just want to cover a couple things. I want you to see this and and. These are just some current events that have caused my mind, and I'm making a list this week and just kind of going over some different things and making a list going, man, um, just different things that are kind of current, and, you'll, and you'll, you'll, you'll know them. Maybe these are, some of these are new. I'm sure you've heard of it, seen commercials on it, whatever it looks like. And these are some things that you're just looking at going, gosh, man, this is righteousness versus wickedness, and we're seeing this confusion. And when you know that it is Satan himself who's trying to devour. He hates children. He hates marriage. He hates God's creation. And when you begin to see the enemy specifically going after children, you're talking about sex trafficking. You're talking about all of these evils. And then when it comes down to the pure confusion of the most simple thing, male and female, you start seeing this on, on levels where recently you, you know the whole Target story, you know they put everything for Pride Month up in front and big on display and, and, and infant outfits that just scream LGBTQ plus on infants, trying to teach and train infants that this is acceptable and okay. And then so much making female swimsuits, full sw female swimsuits with this little pouch called Tuck It for dudes in a female swimsuit, which is insanity. You're like, okay, uh, for dudes to be in a full female swimsuit and have to tuck it, you're just like, th that, that's not okay. Like, it's just crazy. It's not okay, but it's full display on Target. You've got Disney, who, is, who, who was, was kind of, people were coming against Disney because they showed, someone showed this video of this creepy, creepy dude in a dress with a mustache who was inviting all of these little girls into the, the enchanted chamber, which is for your magical makeover. Imagine that. Little girls, this creepy dude in a dress is inviting them into the enchanted chamber to have their, um, you know, their celebration of their makeover. And it's just like, okay, that's just weird. That's just, that, that's not okay. I'm not going to celebrate that, that craziness, right? You have the LA Dodgers, who for their Pride Month, they, they celebrated this group called Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Again, this is nothing new to us. We have seen this. We've, 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 we've saw this on the news. But when you realize that, that 
this group is a group of dudes who dress in female clothing to act like nuns. They don't act like nuns at all, but they dress in nuns, mocking Christ, mocking the Catholic faith, mocking the Christian faith, mocking the Bible. They do this crazy, weird thing with a cross, and their whole motto is go and sin more. Go and sin some more. That's their whole motto. And the LA Dodgers thought it was a great idea to celebrate this group um, and bring them in, right? But there was this picture for the LA Dodgers named Blake Treman. Tr- Blake Treenan. And Blake Treenan is a pitcher for the LA Dodgers who wrote this public letter, spoke to the, his, his team and his management to say, I do not support this. Listen, when, when you are known to be a born again believer and something like this happens, this is what I'm talking about. Say, what will our response be? If people are looking at Sean Ulrichfeld, knowing that I'm a follower of Christ, what is his response to this? Well, Blake had this letter that he sent out and a very clear letter saying, I am a man of God and I walk in a holy fear of God. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I do not stand behind this. I do not condone this. Like it was this incredible letter. Like we, we could take notes saying, here's one. People are looking going, oh, I know he's a Christian. What's his response going to be? Bang, this public letter says, I'm not on that team meaning that, that allowing that and supporting that and affirming that, and celebrating that, participating in that. He's like, nope. Church, what's our response if people are looking at you going, what are you going to do with this? And then you have the whole Bud Light thing, which was hilarious. Uh, you know, I'm not a Kid Rock fan. I'm a fan of what Kid Rock did, just blowing up the whole Bud Light cans. And there was such outcry when they put a transgender uh, on, on their, their Bud Light can. There was great pushback from that. And then you have the CDC. Remember the CDC who gave us the, the guidelines to mask wearing and, and we were supposed to follow their guidelines because they're the smart ones and they're the, you know, the center of disease control and they're way up here. Well, the CDC has come out now on how to train men to chest feed. No, guidelines to chest feeding by the CDC. Wait, wait, you're, you're, wait, I'm supposed to listen to anything you have to say of any type of credibility when you're teaching men how to chest feed. Could you imagine what that does to the psyche of the infant? It's crazy. That is opposite of God's creation. Folks, this is nuts and it's wrong. And, and you're supposed to give them any type of credibility going forward at all, ever, in anything that they would say? No way. It's insanity. Men can get pregnant. That's insanity. And it's pushed. And we, we're supposed to affirm that. No. Church, this is crazy we live in. It's crazy. And if you don't participate, you're up for charges. Or you're up for a lawsuit. Or you're up for losing your job. Like, this, this is where we're at. So when you, when you go through when you go through this list, California has just got a bill. You can write this down. It's AB 957. This is one of the bills on the docket right now for this transgender. If you are a husband or a wife and you do not affirm and support your child going into transgender or even going into transgender surgery, which is complete mutilation, which is complete craziness, then you're subject to losing your kids to the state. This, this is crazy. This is crazy. This is where we're at. 
Could you imagine being a, a, a godly husband and wife? Do you remember when smoking was a rebellious thing, right? You smoked a cigarette and, you know, oh, you're in the smoking section. You're going to hell because you smoke, which isn't true. But like that was a rebellious thing, right? And then it was like drinking. Like when you were drinking, it was like, oh man, this is like, I'm a super rebellious kid. I'm going to put it to the man today. I'm going to show mom and dad who I am. And then it progressively get worse. Do you realize that this whole transgender movement, the majority of this is a rebellious act against mom and dad? Could you imagine parents who love Jesus Christ, who are praying for their son or their daughter because their son and daughter bought in to this confusing lie because it's been pushed and 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 you're praying and you're praying and you're coming against any type of affirmation because you want God to pull them out of this and you want them to remove from this and you actually lose your kids to the state because you're trying to stand on God's word? It's crazy. This is how far we've come. You got the whole men and female sports. Riley Gaines is a hero, man. She is this. If you've not heard her interviews, look up Riley Gaines and go to her interviews. Man, she is one who lost in the championship uh, to Thomas Miller, I think, or no, um, oh gosh, yeah, that's, that's the, I'm not a fan of the name, um, whatever his, his real name is, and this is a six-foot dude who, who, who couldn't make it at the University of Pennsylvania male swimming, so he joined the female swimming team, he was a zero, he was a nobody, nobody knew his name until he started swimming against females, and you got Riley Gaines, who was in the championship round. This is a woman you hear her testimony. She has been working in her swimming all of her life, all of her life. You're talking six hours a day, morning and night, to get to an elite level of NCAA, elite level of NCAA. And then all of a sudden, this dude, six foot tall, is in their dressing room changing and going in competition. And then she, she ties with him, absolute tie, which is almost impossible in swimming. And they give him the trophy because he's a dude trying to make a statement. Church, if you think that this is going anywhere, where's Title IX and where's the feminist at this point to say enough is enough? We have worked so hard for equality with women. We have worked so hard to put women in sports. We have worked so hard to gain such ground with women's sports. Where, where are Truly, where is their voice to say enough is enough? This is a, it's dangerous to allow these perverts in their bathroom, in their changing room, in their showers. It's dangerous at such a young, there's, there's nothing stopping them even at an elementary level going into these, like it's, it's crazy. So church, what are we doing about it? We could sit here and call it crazy all day long. We could sit here and say that this is nuts. If you just look at, Matthew 5, I want to hit this and just kind of dig into this. And, and again, I don't have your response to this. Just praying over this message, it's been, uh, you know, a long time coming on this message. And I was just waiting in this series of Do Hard Things to realize, church, sometimes it's you doing the hard thing of taking full responsibility and full action to be the one who's got the influence to say enough is enough, I'm not participating in your sandbox. I'm not going to help you in your delusion. God created you for a plan and for a purpose. And when you, when you see the truth of this and the reality of how dark this is, of this complete mockery of God, Galatians 6, 7 says, do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. A 
man reaps what he sows. And I believe this, that when you see such a, a dark mockery, it really is just so many people just saying, screw you, God. Screw you, God. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you do. I don't care about you. Screw you, God. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I'm going to demand that everyone follows me to my poisonous sandbox and affirms me. Church, what is it in grace and in love to say, listen, I can't, I can't participate. Just like the picture from the L.A. Dollar Dodgers, he made his position strongly known to everyone saying, can't do it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What happens when we function from a true, healthy, holy fear of God and not a fear of man and not a fear of consequences? I got to tell you, I'm very proud of certain individuals in this church that have gone to, whether it is the policymakers, whether it's their workplace, their supervisors that have come up with policies that say you will participate, you will affirm, you will play in their sandbox. You're demanded to. And there's many who go and have that conversation going, hey, what happens if I don't? Because it violates my biblical conscience. Matter of fact, it violates my constitutional right. Like, let's stick with the constitutional right, but let's put the biblical conviction above the constitutional right. I don't have to, and I'm not forced to say anything. If I see a dude, uh, if, if there's women that I know in the bathroom and a dude tries to get in that bathroom, you're going to wait. I promise you, you're going to wait. I'm, I'm not playing that game. But what happens when you see the deep delusion of this? What happens when you see that this is them living in fantasy land and they are demanding that you play in their fantasy land, which is a mockery of God? You can't do it. So how do we handle it? I don't have your answer. I, I don't know your conviction. I, I know it should be a biblical conviction going, no, this is wrong. But to a point of how is it that you really have conversations, how you make it known, I'm not playing the game. Because this is what Jesus says in Matthew 5. I'm going to pick it up in, in verse 10. It says this, blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Church, this is a battle of right versus wrong. This is a battle of, of wickedness versus righteousness. Sean, so you're saying that this could cost me something. I'm saying that's what Jesus is saying if you read this right. Persecution will come. Persecution, it is this aggressive pursuit. And I've had this. Church, I've had people threaten me, threaten my family, drive by the house. I've had them try to come after me at jobs. I try to, like, they, they are, and we're the ones filled with hate and anger, which I would question that all day long. I want to be filled with love and grace. Um, but they're the ones who come after you to try to ruin your life and can cancer culture and destroy your lives and destroy your business and destroy your workplace. Like, it's delusional. But for the sake of righteousness, there will be persecution. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's our domain is heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kind of evil against you because of me. That means because you associate with me, this is Jesus, because you are my follower, because you are my disciple, 
People are going to persecute you for the sake of what is right. People are going to persecute you. They're going to mock you. They're going to insult you. They're going to falsely say all kinds of things about you. I know many of you fall into that boat where you have been lied about because of your stance against sin. And they try to lie about you. They try to destroy you. They try to wreck your credibility with people. It just, it happens over and over and over. It happens to me actually often. Well, people lie about me. They falsely accuse me. Uh, apparently there was a person in the park of, of a month ago or so that was screaming obscenities from a white truck in a, in a megaphone, and I got tagged with that. Don't own a white truck. I've never screamed into a megaphone ever in my life. Like, it's just like, okay, well, you liars. You're just trying to destroy one who stands for truth. Like, I could really give two flips. I could care less. But it's going to happen. Why? Because Jesus, we shouldn't be shocked by this, Right? Jesus tells us this. But then he says, right after all of this, listen, 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 listen. You will be blessed. I'll take God's blessing. I don't care about man's blessing or I don't care about the, the, the things that man is going to do because the Bible says that persecution will come, the insults will come, the mocking will come, the lying will come. But God, Jesus says, Sean, you'll be blessed. I'll take that all day long. But then he says this, because of all of this, he says, you are the salt of the earth. Because of the acts of righteousness, because you really want to fight against wickedness, he says, you are the salt of the earth. Salt, and he's speaking this so clearly. Salt is called to preserve, to stop corruption, to stop decay. When you see what's happening today, listen, they sang songs for us. Alphabet Soup sang songs for us saying, we're coming for your children. Remember that song? We're coming for your children. And then at, at this past June, at some of their parades, that was their chant. We're coming for your children. We're coming for your children. Listen, church, I believe them. I believe they're coming for your children. I believe they're serious when they put up songs in that. I believe they're serious when they're mocking mankind, saying, we are coming for your children. Well, listen, this is wicked times. This is craziness. And Jesus has commissioned us. I see our king giving us a command saying, Sean, you're supposed to get in the way of this. You, you, you can't. You can't participate in this. You can't affirm this. You can't play in their sandbox and thinking that, that you're going to make a difference. You're called to stand against this. You're called, called to stand as salt, which means it preserves. It stops decay. It stops corruption. This isn't the po politicians are going to do that. Isn't it amazing that Jesus says the church is supposed to do this? What are we doing? This is if the salt has lost its tastiness, it's useless. Salt has a purpose. And that purpose is to stop decay and corruption. Church, he says, you and I have a purpose to have an influence and an impact when there's such corruption when there's such decay, don't lose your purpose. Because when salt has no purpose, it's useless. And then he says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Church, we're called to have such influence and such impact that our light is so bright that it's at the top of the hill. You can't hide your light and think you're making a difference. What does light do? It exposes darkness. The purpose of light is to expose darkness. 
Jesus says, your purpose, your influence, your impact is to expose darkness. This is darkness. This is wickedness. This is unrighteous. This is ungodly. If you're leaving it up to the politicians, when Jesus Christ said, no, it's up to the church, you need to expose darkness and say, I'm not participating. I'm not playing your delusional game. And again, church, we act with with grace and with love, but there's something inside that's got to stir to say, this isn't okay. It's getting crazy. You need to be thinking of your kids. You've got to be thinking of just the filth that comes forward in, in, in even in schools, that mandatory reading from some of these kids. I've gotten some copies of this, and it's pornographic disgusting. And it's reading that they, they have to read. There's different school teachers that, that present reading that is filled with the F word. Like, we've had to go through different books and different reading ourselves as parents go, no, we're not doing this. No, you're not reading this. And we have conversations going, this isn't happening. And if the student can't read the F word, the teacher reads it for the whole class. You're like, but if you were to go to the board meeting and read this pornographic stuff and you would go to the board meeting, because that was my suggestion to these people, like you need to take that, go to the board meeting and read it for your three minutes until they tell you to stop because it's overwhelmingly disgusting. But why is it allowed in the school? Why is it graded for my daughter to have to read? Like this is, where's the fight, church? Where's the fight? Because it's on you and me commissioned by our king to get in the way and to expose darkness. Come on, if you could just stand to your feet, please. And again, I don't have the answer of of what you're supposed to do in your position. There's many who have done great things. There's many who have had great conversations. But salt ain't silent and light don't hide. Salt ain't silent and don't, light don't hide. If you think that you can just remain silent, that it's somebody else's problem or it's not going to affect you, that, that's not our commission from our king. This is going to affect you. It's going to affect your kids. It's going to affect your grandkids. Church, it's time to just begin to say no and it's time to say I'm not participating. I have a biblical conviction. I have a constitutional right that I don't have to call you by any name. I'm not going to play in your delusions. I'm not going to play in fantasy land with you. I'm not going into the enchanted chamber with you. I'm not going into your magical makeover. I'm not playing your game. Just with your heads bowed, man, does people look at you and know that you're a follower and disciple of Christ? And they've seen you do nothing? Maybe you have supervisors and maybe you have bosses that were expecting you to come to them and saying, listen, we've got to work something out. I'm not going to be able to do this. So how are we going to work this out? How are we going to come to a balance that I'm not going to violate my biblical conviction? I have more of a healthy fear of God than I do of man. You're like, well, Sean, that might cost me something. (laughs) Yes, it might. But I'm very proud of those who've already come to me and said, listen, this was my action to this. This was my response to this. I did go to the supervisors. 
I did go to my boss. For those who have done nothing, my encouragement is this, not, not in any type of coming against you or trying to, to guilt you or shame you, not even, not even close. I'm trying to encourage you to say it's time. It's time to make a difference. It's time to take on the commission of salt and light. Know your purpose. Have an influence. Have an impact. Don't affirm. Don't celebrate. Don't participate. Don't get caught in Satan's sandbox that's just full of poison. Don't play in the sandbox. Come on, Lord, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for your word is truth. God, I pray that this was communicated in love and in grace, but yet straight. It's real. It's frustrating. God, it's hard for us to accept how quickly we've gone downhill in this nation. God, if there's any who struggle even with the same-sex attraction, any who struggle with, with even this transgender and this, this growing at such a rapid pace lie, Lord, I pray that by your spirit and by true conversation with believers that, God, they can overcome. And, God, that you would see them through, that they would come to know you, their great creator. And, God, they would be able to put down this sin and walk right with you. We pray for them, God. We ask that you would move in their lives. We thank you for who we are in you. Jesus, I pray that we would follow through with the commission that you've given us to be salt and light. In Jesus' name. Amen. If anybody needs prayer for any reason, man, we'd love to pray with you. Talk more about Jesus. Anything you need, man. Come on. God bless. Love you. Amen.